Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Let us pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. A wife and mother was at home doing some cleaning, some housework, when the telephone rang. And as she moved to answer the phone, she tripped on a throw rug and grabbing for something to hold on to, she seized the table, the little end table on which the telephone sat. It fell over with a crash. The receiver jarred off the hook. And as it fell, the phone hit the family dog who leapt up, howling and barking, And the woman's three-year-old son, startled by all of this commotion, started screaming. She mumbled some words that shouldn't be repeated. She finally managed to pick up the receiver and lift uh, it to her ear, just in time to hear her husband's voice on the other end say, Nobody said hello yet, but I'm positive I have the right number. Oh, family. (laughs) Family matters. Family's important. I remember when our kids were at home and they were young, one of the things that I would do every summer is I would take two weeks vacation back to back so that I could have two weeks of uninterrupted time with my wife and children. And it was always good. And I remember one year, um, we made the decision to try three weeks back to back to back. At the time, it seemed like a good idea. But by a third of the way through that third week, our children were so cranky, just wanting to go home. Mom and dad weren't doing real well either. And we decided after we got home that as much as we loved each other and loved spending time together, three weeks of uninterrupted presence was probably just a little much. Family is great. But family is also interesting. Our story that opens the book of Ruth this morning is an interesting tale. And without really knowing its context, 
we can see it as a wonderful sentimental story about loyalty of its main characters, a kind of sweet tale. And of course, it is about loyalty. It's a wonderful story. But its story that when we read it, if we understand it, should help us think in a fresh way about what family means and what family is about and how we relate to those who, well, maybe we don't consider to be family. You know, over the years as I have done weddings, I have read on several occasions verse 16 of chapter 1. Ruth replies to her mother-in-law, Naomi, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn away from following you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And we read that at weddings, and everybody, oh, isn't that sweet, sentimental. This couple is declaring their complete commitment to one another. Fine, fair enough. But this context is not one of celebration. Ruth, Naomi, Orpah are in a very difficult spot. This is a pledge of loyalty and commitment no matter what. In the midst of the danger they are faced in their journey. This is Ruth's way of saying to Naomi, I have your back. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, sets off on a journey. It is clearly not the best of times. He takes his wife and their sons, who were told their names are Malon and Kilion, and they leave their home of Bethlehem in search, well, of food. There's a famine in the land. The irony, Bethlehem means house of bread. And they go off to Moab. They become immigrants. They become refugees in this foreign land. And Elimelech's and Naomi's sons marry Moabite women. Not a common arrangement. But soon, not only does Elimelech die, but the sons both die, leaving these three women without a way to make their way in the world. And so Naomi hears that things in Bethlehem are better and decides that she needs to go back to her kin. And she urges her daughters-in-law to go back to their kin so that they can be taken care of 
Orpah listens eventually and returns, but Ruth is not having it. The bonds of kinship, of ethnic identity so important in that ancient world, and I dare say still important today, are transcended by their relationship together, of their living together, of their support together, of their community together. And Ruth is ready to cast her fortunes or misfortunes with her mother-in-law and go to a foreign land with foreign people where her future isn't necessarily certain, where she's not necessarily going to be protected. But off they go. And as the story goes on, of course, they find that there are persons, at least one person, who's very benevolent toward them, Boaz, who is a kinsman of Naomi. And as the story goes, eventually Ruth and Boaz get together and they have children. And we find out at the end of the story, one of the reasons the story is so important is because Ruth is David's great-grandmother. Here in the midst of this distress, this uncertainty in the midst of upheaval, in the midst of going back to start a new life in one's own homeland. In the midst of this, perhaps we have a hint of God's providence and guidance. Because one day, Ruth's great-grandson will become king of Israel. And by the way, Ten centuries later, there will be a descendant of David whose life, death, and resurrection brings us here today. Isn't that a great story? Here's the thing. We see the commitment of family in the book of Ruth. We see how great it is. And yet what we also get here are glimpses that God has in mind an understanding of family that is larger than blood and lineage. And we get this in the Old Testament. It's there. I mean, God calls Abraham and Sarah, and through Abraham and Sarah we get the people of Israel, God's chosen people, through whom God will bless the nations. And God chooses Abraham and Sarah just because. I have a, I think I've told you this before, but it, it's apropos. I've got a, I've got a, a two, uh, framed, two captioned Peanuts comment strip that in a previous church someone put on my desk years ago, and I still to this day don't know who gave it to me. But it's, it's got Charlie Brown laying in bed, and the first caption is, um, you know, sometimes I look up and ask, why me? And the answer comes back. Nothing personal. Your name just happened to come up. 
Nothing personal, Abraham and Sarah. Your name just happened to come up. And through God's grace, God begins the work of offering salvation to the entire world through two people and then a people. And you see in reading the Old Testament these clear glimpses, if, if not even more than glimpses, where God wants to bless everybody. I mean, I mean, the promise comes through Isaac, but there's a blessing for Ishmael. And by the way, Ishmael, I'm going to make of you a nation. And Esau, by the way, Esau, I'm going to make of you a nation. And so you've got all these nations surrounding Israel that all come from the same place, and yet they can't get along. <laughs> because the one thing I haven't yet mentioned is that the history between the tribes of Israel, uh, uh, particularly the Ephrathites and Moab, is not good. Hasn't been good. There's a history there. I was in a previous church, I will not mention. But in the history of this town with the Methodist churches, art, the church I served was like two blocks from another Methodist church. That's it. Two blocks. And one of the things that I wanted to do, and the pastor serving that church at the time wanted to do, is see if we could do some things together, you know, just do some ministry together because we're so close together. And my leadership said to me when I was talking about this, Pastor, we can't do that. There's a history there. I tried to find out the history. The only thing I could find out was that a hundred years before, 100 years before, they were building the current church I was serving, the current building, and a certain group of people, for some reason that no one could any longer remember, got upset. And in order to pay for the building, you know, people were buying bricks. You know how you, know how you do? You buy bricks. So this group of people got upset, and they picked up their bricks, and they went two blocks down the street and build the building there. By the way, again, no one can remember what even the dispute was about, but they would say, Pastor, we can't do that. There's a history there. How we hang on to the slights that for whatever reason we can't even get, we can't even go there and we don't even remember why. But doggone it, we just can't do it because there's a history there. Well, between the Ephrathites and the Moabites, there was a history there. And yet Ruth and Naomi transcend that in order to pledge their loyalty to themselves and to make a life for themselves in difficult situations and to be loyal to one another. I love reading the genealogies of Matthew and Luke. We don't, in the Western world, genealogies sort of bore us, and so we skip over those genealogies. But I love reading the genealogies in Matthew and Luke because... 
in the past of our Lord and Savior, let's just say it's not all purebred. You've got Ruth, who was a Moabite. We also get Rahab. Remember the story of Rahab, a prostitute? You get some interesting characters. You know, um, my sister uh, has a friend who loves to do genealogical work, and she was doing some genealogical work and somehow stumbled one day upon some of my ancestry on my dad's side, which I, I don't know a lot about. But she contacted my sister and found out that in, on my father's side, I have a great, 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 great grandfather or something or another who was an officer in the Confederate Army. He fought to preserve slavery. I don't think I like that. But it's there. Family. I want to read to you, as soon as I find it here, Okay. Sometimes when you use your phone, it's maybe not the best idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, oh, I've got it, I've got it. I apologize. If this were the old TV, I could go to a commercial. Okay, okay, this is a survey. A survey of, of families that they considered to be strong families, fam families, nuclear families that were committed and together. And they came up with a profile of a strong family. First is appreciation. Family members give one another compliments and sincere demonstrations of approval. They try to make the others feel appreciated and good about themselves. Ability to deal with crises in a positive manner. They were willing to take a bad situation, see something positive in it, and focus on that. Time together. In all areas of their lives, meals, work, recreation, they structured their schedules to spend time together. High degree of commitment. Families promoted each person's happiness and welfare, invested time and energy in each other, and made family their number one priority. Good communication partners. These families spend time talking with each other. They also listened well, which shows respect. And they had a, a high degree of religious orientation. Interesting. You know what I think? I think those are great qualities for a church family. And I have sometimes wondered in this age of a church in general that is in decline in the West. And with all of the other things the church is facing. I wonder if the problem really is not the encroaching secularism, because we have to have somebody to blame, or whatever else it might be, the changes in society. I wonder if the problem really is actually with us that we, if we're honest about it, 
we really don't think of ourselves as a family as much as we'd like to. And maybe it is revealed in our life together. Just a thought. And God in Jesus Christ, from the very beginning, wanted to create a family in the world that would model what his idea of family and fellowship was, and that's why he has a people called the church, because we gather here, we are not all from the same background, we're not all from the same place, we don't all have the same convictions, we, we, uh, we are to welcome everybody, We are to glimpse for the world, the world that still, that still makes a big deal and builds walls over tribal loyalties, ethnic identities, whatever else, political identities, national identities, you name it. We want to build walls over all of that when throughout the Bible what we see is God wants to tear those down. And so maybe, just maybe, what the church needs to start thinking about in general, I don't just mean one congregation, I mean all the church in general, needs to start, start thinking about is that maybe the remedy for the church of Jesus Christ to be the people God and intended for us to be, that we can see way back starting in Genesis 12. Maybe the remedy for what ails us rests with us. Just maybe. Let us pray. Gracious God, from the very beginning... You have shown that you love each and every one of us individually, that each and every one of us matter. And yet you've also been very clear that everyone else matters. And there's so many signs that we have read in the, that we read in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. There are so many scriptures and signs that tell us how much others matter. And we believe that, but yet we confess that when it comes to putting in practice, we have found reasons to act in such a way that maybe certain people really don't matter. It's just like the rich young ruler asking your son what the greatest commandments were and he answered correctly and yet Jesus could say to him well you're not far from the kingdom maybe Jesus knew that in his head he knew the greatest commandments but perhaps Jesus knew that he was lacking in practice forgive us for when we have lacked in practice of loving our neighbors as ourselves, no matter where they come from, who they are. Help us to reflect 
the kind of family that we see with Ruth and Naomi and Boaz who had so many things that were not in common. Help us to live our communal life as this church in such a way that others will say of us, that church family down there, there's no doubt that they believe family is everything. Help us in Jesus' name.